Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. So yes, hello, welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Show. It is the 14th of April 2020. We find ourselves in the midst of a global pandemic, but onwards we go all the same. And as it turns out, so is WWE. <laughs> I, I, they, are, they are a wondrous beast. I don't know, I, I don't understand how they are able to operate outside of the realms of normality, I guess is the only word. Like nothing else, NFL, done. M- MLB, done. Premier League, done. Uh, NHL done. You name it. You name it. UFC done. No one was able to get through the cracks, and yet somehow WWE got, for even the word, dictated. Is that the right word? I don't even know. But they were told that they were essential business by the state of Florida, and therefore they can keep running shows. I think it's absolutely incredible. I, I truly, truly do. I don't understand how the hell, how the hell they've able to do this, but. Look, as I, I don't know whether I don't know how health and safety even works into this now when you look at the situation. But all I'm going to say, as I say time and time again, is as long as health and safety are being taken care of, well, it's difficult, isn't it? Because even if health and there's only so much you can do against a, a quote unquote pandemic, isn't there? There's only so much you can do. It's not like you can't be. The point is, you can't be in total control of that situation. You're kind of in the hands of fate a little bit but I, I don't know it, it's difficult for me to sit here and be too much of a hypocrite because am I watching the shows yes in terms of something to distract me is it nice yes but also am I fearful for what could happen yes I am and when you see sort of tweets of Daniel Bryan hold up in a you know in a hotel room unable to go home to see his wife and kid it's a little bit like I don't know how I feel about that you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a very, very crazy situation. It's really, really difficult to talk about. But then again, everything that we're experiencing at the moment is crazy to talk about. I don't know. I don't know is my answer. And let me know in the comments. Let me know in the chat. You know, what do you think about this? Can you actually believe they're doing it? It also comes in the wake of uh, WWE XFL. I well, WWE closing down the XFL. Vince McMahon closing down the XFL, which is a whole other kettle of fish, which is absolutely nuts. It's just been a mad week. It has been an absolute mad week all round. Uh, and who, knew, who thought there'd be this much news? Who thought there would be this much news in a time where really there should be no resting on whatsoever? And yet there's a ton of news. <laughs> there couldn't be even more news. And the XFL thing is kind of um, fascinating too. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm a legal expert so I understand what's going on. But as far as I can understand, the XFL is partially owned by WWE, which at one point was never meant to be the case. And now potentially some WWE shareholders, stockholders could be annoyed about that. I don't know. I haven't looked into it properly and I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm an authority. Uh, I'm an authority on it. But, you know, for Vince McMahon to bankrupt the XFL, the XFL was kind of like Mount Everest to Vince McMahon, I think. I think when we look back on this in another 10, 15 years, the XFL will be Vince McMahon's Achilles heel. Because again, here's a man who, as we just talked about, is able to run shows throughout a global pandemic when nobody else is able to do it and have the government, uh, you know, the government give him the green light. 
But then within this same time frame, the XFL, his football league, that he's desperate to get off the ground and almost, I can't even think of the right word, but, you know, I guess cement his legacy, for lack of a better term, is not only dead for a second time, kind of got killed by things that weren't even out of his control. It did get killed by the situation. There's no two ways about it. And to try and save money and face, no, you wouldn't say face if you do it, to try and save money, he bankrupted the whole thing. That's quite the week. If anybody else has managed to successfully uh, maintain their normal business, but also have to tank their side business in three days, please leave me a comment and, and, and we'll go from there. Unless you're watching this on demand, of course, and then you don't have to leave me a comment at all. But I don't know how I feel about it. I think right now I just want everyone to be safe and I want everyone to be well. And that's uh, it's, it's a difficult thing to try and make sense of at the moment and i get it I, I don't think you can argue even if you're happy that wwe tv is still going and you're certainly allowed to have that opinion to say that it's an essential business that's uh i think it opens the door to a, a whole other debate i think right now sometimes it's best to close the door shut everything down make sure everyone's doing okay and then move on to uh, and then move on to other things because who even knows where this is gonna who where this is going to finish but yes if you were a fan of the xfl and i did quite like it I thought the XFL was okay, so it kind of sucks that it did get closed down. Apparently, one of the stadiums has sold like 45,000 tickets for its next game too. I mean, that may just be uh, pomp and circumstance at this stage. But it is a shame that it's gone. I, I, I would have taken a, a decent enough football league in the offseason. But it's gone. It's dead. Um, I think the main reason probably is that obviously Vince McMahon was going to fuel that league for three years using his own money. And then hopefully in that time get a massive TV deal. But you're not going to get massive TV deals at the moment because you've got a bunch of networks terrified about the amount of cash they're losing because of the situation. My word, what is going on? Uh, but Raw still goes on. Like I said, Raw still goes on. It doesn't sound like we're going to be shutting Raw down or SmackDown or NXT anytime soon because they have the green light to continue to run in the performance center, which is also kind of strange because they were going to film uh, tape five weeks of TV on Friday uh, for SmackDown and so on and so forth. And then Vince McMahon just changed his mind for one reason or the other. He just changed his mind and decided, well, we, we want to do them live. Apparently because he's worried about the wording of his television contract, which state that he, I think WWE can only do three taped shows, uh, which would have been the ones they do in Europe and the one over the Christmas season. Obviously, we're already, we're already going against that now, given everything that's gone on. But they found a way to do it, which means we can still talk about wrestling. And I just really, really hope that everybody is, is, is well and safe. That's, you know, that's the thing that scares me the most. And as for Raw, look, credit where credit is due. Raw was a decent show, I thought. There was loads of wrestling on it, which is what I want when I tune in to watch wrestling. Uh, it was a bit too much. It got a bit too structured after a while. It was very much like match interview with Charlie Caruso, match interview with Sarah Sharber, match interview with Charlie Caruso. So it kind of had this odd flow to it. It was less manic than it usually is, but that's not necessarily a bad thing whatsoever. I thought we did a good job with Drew McIntyre. In fact, let's just start there because what I loved the most about Drew McIntyre was that he was having a match with Andrade. And it made all the sense in the world, especially if you're a long-term fan, that I imagine a lot of us are. It's kind of going back to stuff in 2017, maybe 18. I can't remember when they had that match. But obviously, when Andrade took on Drew McIntyre for the NXT Championship and Andrade won it back, Drew McIntyre did tear his bicep. And those two guys have never crossed paths again. 
And then you've got Drew McIntyre coming out at the start of Raw and saying, hey, I'll take any challenger. And who's there? Oh, it's Andrade with a perfectly good story about why he thinks he'd be able to get one over Drew McIntyre. And Drew McIntyre sold it brilliantly. That was really cool. And it kind of, the other theme for Raw, I found, was everything felt fresh. If you go through every single match, I don't think I'd seen what I'm sure I have at some point, but it didn't feel like we were doing reruns. It didn't feel like we were doing rematches. There were a few new guys that were interesting to see. I mean, a little bit like, you know, enhancement talent as they say but hey ho it's still nice to see somebody new with my eyes so all in all yeah i got a kick out of it i i, I thought i thought it was decent i i really did um oscar advanced the money in the bank by beating ruby right see this is the weird thing about wwe is that you get to you get this drew mcintyre andrade storyline which makes perfect sense right really in, interwoven over the last few years. And then you get Oscar versus Ruby Wright. Here comes Ruby Wright, who we haven't seen in weeks. And there's no mention why she's no longer feuding with Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. None. You don't know why they didn't. I saw a contract signing between them where they were jumping over tables to beat each other up. And then, yeah, four, five, six weeks later, it just got dropped. It's a strange company. <laughs> it's, well, I shouldn't say it's a strange company. It's just a strange set of storylines. That you never actually know which way they're going to they're going to go, but we shrug our shoulders and, and we'll move on regardless. So it was a really really good match. I think Oscar has been the MVP of all of this closed arena stuff. I think over the week she has adapted her in ring style so that there's no fans. I think her weird dancing gimmick is is bizarre in all the best possible ways. I think she comes across. Well, I can't think of the better word. I was going to say like a star, but that, that, that makes it sound like I didn't think she came across like a star before, and I did. She's just. She just gets it. She really, really does. And I thought this match was really good. I did. I got a massive kick out of it. Um, and then Oscar wins by tapping out Ruby Riot. I don't know what we do with Ruby Riot now because she seems utterly lost in the shuffle. But you could say that for everybody in the in the Riot squad or the former Riot squad because Liv Morgan wasn't on television after she was on last week. Or is she a SmackDown? No, she's Raw because she had the whole Lana thing. So you didn't see anything with her. And then we'll transition to Shayna Baszler versus Sarah Logan, which was also a Money in the Bank ladder match qualifier. I do like the qualifying. I like the qualifying matches because it makes it feel like a tournament, right? A mini tournament. And I get a massive kick out of that. I do. I think it's good. I didn't really understand this. Shayna Baszler should be being booked this way. You know, she's an animal. She's a monster. She's going to take you out. She's going to rip you to shreds. But she stood. <laughs> she stood on Sarah Logan's arm here. And apparently it was such a devastating move in all of sports entertainment that it broke her arm, it broke her elbow, and the referee was so disgusted by this that he called off the match. And then there was a bunch of confusion because the ring announcer said that Sarah Logan had won. I was like, bro, definitely hasn't won. <laughs> you may think she has, but she has not. And then it turned out that Shayna Baszler had won by what, forfeit? By ref stoppage? I just don't understand why the referee would stop the match. So the thing I took away from it as a wrestling nerd is that really it's just an indicator of how WWE sees Liv Morgan at the moment. Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan at the moment. She is a she's a body on the roster that clearly was able to get to Florida and therefore she could just be put in here. I don't understand why we couldn't have had a competitive match. Not necessarily a competitive match because again, I do understand why you want Shayna Baszler to come across like that. I would have rather she just got Kira Fuda clutched in, in 30 seconds. I think that would have been better. I don't understand this arm thing. And I know that Shane has done it before. I know it's not anything new. But I just didn't buy it as a reason that you'd stop the match. Or that Sarah Logan wouldn't want to keep fighting. And they sold it all somber like, oh, something terrible has happened here. But I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, 
Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I would imagine we're building to Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch again because we had a Becky Lynch promo where Becky simply talked about. Uh, it was all focused on Shayna. I thought, I thought it was, it's fine. It was nothing. I wouldn't say it was good or bad. It was just kind of there. I did like the line about how you know the Queen doesn't even worry about the Joker or the Jester, whichever one she used, because they're not even a threat to her. Even though the Joker slash Jester can get closer to the Queen than anybody. And that was kind of an analogy for her being silly. And I know that she was sat in a chair with the king's crown and everyone was saying, oh, what's she doing? But she also did sneak up behind Shayna Baszler and twonk her with a chair. Like, it's like, it wasn't like it was completely um, <laughs> silly times, 100%. So, but it was a fine promo. And I think that Shayna Baszler, I don't think she'll win Money in the Bank. Maybe she will. No, because I think you want to go straight into that program. It'll be one of those weird things where she doesn't win Money in the Bank. And yet she still gets a title shot. But I don't think she's going to win the belt at this stage. I think the WWE absolutely needed to pull the trigger at WrestleMania 36. I understand why they didn't, because they wanted to focus on baby faces, which is also fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I don't think we're going to get the Shayna Baszler that I'd hoped we would have done when she first arrived, which is a shame because during the Elimination Chamber, that's absolutely what we got. And it kicked ass. I thought she was a great new character or addition to the to the Raw roster. The only thing I'm worried about when it comes to Becky's championship is she, there's not that much depth. Let's say that Charlotte is taken out and she's going to focus on NXT, which they made clear here today. Bailey, Sasha Banks, you know, they're on SmackDown. So on Raw, you've got Ruby Riot, not established. Oscar, we've done that. Kyrie, same, we'll talk about. Sarah Logan, you understand. Liv Morgan, same. Lana's not really an active competitor. If Ronda Rousey comes back, fine. But it seems strange to me not to try and be building some of these women up. I mean, obviously, they're doing that with Nia Jax, but that's still only one extra person. I think we have other people we could dedicate time to that will allow Becky's title run to actually be extended because they'll be in a decent position to then challenge. So interesting, I will go with. But look, there were decent matches. There were decent matches. Maybe you loved it. Maybe you didn't. Uh, let's go into the comments for a little bit. Bald a-hole fan. I like I like Becky's promo a lot. Uh, Arcane Prince, so Logan is back on vacation. Seems that way. Uh, ASA, I don't really care about Shayna versus Becky anymore. There was no reason for Becky to win at WrestleMania. I'm completely disinterested in that storyline. Fair enough. I can see where you're coming from. I, I, I think in hindsight, and at the time, I would have given it to Baszler. I think that would have been fair. Uh, the real Bogger 123, do you think WWE are stupid enough to have Roman Reigns beat The Fiend at SummerSlam? Uh, I think when Roman Reigns is back, depending on life, that he will beat The Fiend at some point. Yes, I think that was in the plan for... Look, if he, he was going to win it at WrestleMania from The Fiend. And once Vince McMahon has an idea in his head, it's rare that he'll go back on it. So at some point in the indeterminate future, yes, I think Roman Reigns will beat The Fiend. But you never know. Plans change. Kofi Kingston became WWE champion last year, and that was never meant to happen. Oscar Craft One, Simon Miller on Twitch. Why? Here's why. <laughs> a big fan of yours. Hope you're staying safe. Happy Passover. Happy Passover to you as well, my friend. Hope you're enjoying that mozza, and that's very kind. Thank you. Uh, in case there are some people watching here um, who uh, you know aren't familiar with the YouTube channel, if you can just go over to YouTube, uh, search for Simon Miller, and give me a subscribe on there, that would be great. These are usually where these podcasts happen, but we're just doing a little bit of an experiment. And I should also say, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, as you can see in the corner there, at SimonMiller316 on both. And I have a patron, patreon.com forward slash SimonMiller316. That's how I'm able to do all of the stuff, especially during the nuts dust that's going on at the moment. And shout out to pinsandknuckles.com, who support Simon Miller's pro wrestling show. They will be back up and running soon. Um, Andrew WM1404. I like the idea of Drew versus Seth, but surely could it, surely WWE could have chosen someone else. Uh, well, we'll talk about that. 
we will um, we'll jump forward to the to the main. Actually, let's talk about Kyrie Sane first because I said that we will do. A uh, shout out to um, Master Crouton as well. He said, Simon, you may be able to set up a donate button to help ease the loss of YouTube super chats. Yes, that does exist. I didn't mention that because I'm just so not used to Twitch. But let me just check as I say this. I'm 99% sure. Yeah, there is a donate button uh, beneath the um, beneath the, the screen that will put money into my PayPal. Uh, you can do that if you should so wish. But obviously, the good thing about Super Chats is I like to treat all that kind of stuff like a shop. And when your name is massively highlighted, we can have a little bit of a chat. And I feel like at least we got something out of this. Uh, but if you would like to do that, great. If not, don't worry about it. Again, this is me experimenting. Uh, again, for all the reasons that I said earlier. And if you're listening on the audio feed, don't worry about it. Just enjoy my tones. So Seth, let's talk about Kyrie Sane first because I don't want to get too distracted. I think that WWE has treated Nia Jax over the last two weeks exactly like you should treat a character like Nia Jax. I even think that Nia Jax gets a little bit of a hard rap. I quite, I certainly don't hate her like some people do. I know we had the incident with Becky Lynch and I'm never going to advocate for people being injured, but I've also been in a wrestling ring and I know that accidents can happen. I've never injured anyone, thank goodness, but it has happened to me and it's been completely nobody's fault. So I'm not going to jump down her throat. And again, I think going back to what we just said about the Royal Women's Division, she brings something different. And that's massively important right now. But why we had to put Kyrie Sane in there to get eaten alive just doesn't make any sense. Well, it's the Sarah Logan thing again. Clearly, WWE doesn't, um, well, doesn't think much of her, I guess. Or doesn't think that she should be in a singles position. Because I felt very much like Oscar was presented as a single star. And then when we got to Kyrie saying it was more that she was part of the Kabuki Warriors. And I, I think she's miscast. She's a very good heel. But she's a much better baby face. Because she's incredibly... Well, she's just easy to cheer and easy to get behind. Because of her stature and the way that she uh, the way she handles herself. I think Nia Jax walked through her in about two minutes. Kyrie saying got a few things here and there. I was also a bit confused. Who was a bad guy? Who was a good guy? So that was kind of all over the place. But that wasn't the point of this match. Again, much like the Shayna Baszler match, the other person on the other side of the ring was not the idea. The idea was Shayna Baszler's got to be a monster. Nia Jax has got to be a monster. And yes, they should be. But I can understand why people are upset with Kyrie Sane. I mean, her pirate gimmick got took away when we were about to do a pirate-themed event. <laughs> um, now, again, yeah, she feels like she's part of a dwindling tag team. I can't see the Kabuki Warriors doing much else from this point on. And that doesn't really make any sense. Even if you've only seen her work down in NXT, you know that she's capable of more. I mean, you could, she is technically a heel, so you could even build her up for a match against Becky Lynch. And that would make sense, given that she's Oscar's best mate. But we've never even gone anywhere close to that. I don't have an answer for you. But I do understand the, 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 the disappointment. Um, given that... I don't like speaking on other people's behalves. There was just a lot of Twitter action, a lot of Twitter interaction earlier, I should say where Kyrie Sane was liking a lot of tweets of people saying, oh, that's not fair, you shouldn't have lost. Maybe she's a bit disillusioned. Maybe we're coming to the end of Kyrie Sane's run with WWE. Complete speculation, completely guessing, but I thought I'd throw it out there. Right, Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre is our new world title feud. I got no problem with it whatsoever. And we had this conversation on this very show. Who the hell else could it be? Like, who the hell else could it be? There was no The only other person you could have done it with was AJ Styles, but he's dead. Um, Randy Orton would work, but I think Edge and him are desperate to get that program going. Um, and you could do it with Bobby Lashley, but he's not on the same level as Seth Rollins. And they've both suffered the same fate because, again, I understand the reaction to this was, okay, fine, but then why did Seth Rollins lose at WrestleMania 36 to Kevin Owens? Why isn't it Kevin Owens versus Drew McIntyre? And it's mostly because WWE likes to do bad guy versus a good guy. That's, th that's their thing. 
And I like it as a program. I like Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins, even though it's the same person looking at each other with their long black hair and their big beards. I think they have good matches. I think that they fit into their roles really, really well. And I think it, I think Drew McIntyre will win this feud. And I think a proper good win over Seth Rollins will actually help his run, his reign. But it is strange. It is odd. And all the stuff with Seth Rollins throughout the night being like, I am a warrior of the night and I must fly through. It was, I, I think he's embraced his character very well and I like it. But it was a little bit, um, it was a little bit, odd i suppose but the andrade drew mcintyre match was great drew mcintyre won clean which i kind of go back and forth with this but in terms of how it was presented to me i was all right with it and again if you're going to use the u.s champion yes you're right sometimes it annoys me sometimes it doesn't i'm a human being i love the zelina vega stable by the way with austin theory andrade and angel garza i think those three kick ass they're fantastic so it kind of sucks they had a good night here, but then ultimately when push came to shove, they lost. But we should definitely do more with them. Um, and then obviously, yeah, Seth Rollins comes out afterwards after Austin Theory chop blocks Drew McIntyre, curb stomps him a couple of times. And that's that, away to the races we go. I think we've got to let it play out. I do. It would be better if Seth Rollins was surrounded by Buddy Murphy and the AOP because I think it makes him more threatening. And I like the idea of a stable versus Drew. But I mean, Buddy Murphy's in a qualifying match next week for Money in the Bank against Rey Mysterio. AOP are out injured. So I don't think we're going to do that. But I honestly don't know who else there could be. The only, again, the only silliness is that we should have just had Seth beating Kevin Owens. I don't want Kevin Owens to lose. You know, I wanted Kevin Owens to win. I said that when we're doing the prediction show. But look, if you've got a plan and you've got a story and a narrative that you want to tell, okay, cool. Put Seth Rollins, that's the whole point. I don't have to enjoy every single twist and turn that we do, but just let it make sense. And then when we would have got here, I would have gone, oh, that's why Seth Rollins won. Because he's going back after the championship that he lost. Again, if you could think of a better person, maybe you would have preferred Bobby Lashley. Um, you know, but don't forget, Drew McIntyre is a pushed babyface. And once Brock Lesnar's out of the picture, which he is, and probably for the foreseeable future, I don't really know what other direction you go in, uh, is my point. Uh, Smokey Jones 89 says, Excellent, I made a live show. You did, and you made one on Twitch, which is a very rare, uh, a very rare occurrence. Slavit4 says, Take the US title off Andrade and set up McIntyre versus Andrade at SummerSlam. They could have done that. I think they've kind of given it away now on Raw, but no, I wouldn't have been against that either. Uh, All Over the Shop says, Hey, Simon, really glad that you're doing well in these trying times. Keep up the positivity and entertainment that is so helpful to many. Well, that's very kind. Also, could you wish my ma'am Kaz happy birthday for yesterday? She was 70 years young and still going strong. We both look forward to all your content. Much love, TJ and Kaz. Well, happy birthday to Kaz. Happy 70th. That's hilarious that you you enjoy my content, but if you do, I'm all right with it. So uh, thank you very much for being with me, and thank you very much for the support. As I always say, if people didn't watch my stuff, I'd be in a lot of trouble. So thank you very much uh, for clicking. And a great shout from Ehab and Eb, I think. I thought Samoa Joe was going to return and challenge Drew. I wouldn't have been against that. I wouldn't have been against that at all. Uh, I know that he left as a face, but it was only a face for like a week or two. And also the whole Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens and Big Show, that's all separated now. I know that WWE often thinks that we have forgotten, but I'm happy to forget about that. It didn't work and then it all just fell off. I would have taken Samoa Joe versus Drew McIntyre though. I really, really would have done. Although I think Seth Rollins will be presented as a better threat than Samoa Joe. He just feels like he's higher up the pecking order in WWE. So you may actually get more balanced booking i worry that samojo would have been twonked like he did against brock lesnar although he did manage to choke out brock lesnar at the top of the ramp maybe i'm wrong 
Uh, maybe I am wrong. Uh, Aiken Dog says, hey, Simon, I think Zelina's group is awesome. So do I. They've, they've stumbled. It's an incredible thing they've stumbled on because Angel Agaza got brought up because Andrade got injured. And then Austin Theory got brought up because Andrade got injured. And you didn't need to bring those two people up. That was sooner than was necessary. And yet we've kind of stumbled across gold. I like that Selena Vega is kind of presented as an old school heel manager. Sometimes WWE doesn't like doing that. But no, I think she's awesome in that role. And each they all bring something different to the table. But there seems to be like a thread running through them as well. It's awesome. It's a really, really good team. And I'm excited to see... I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, right now, Seth is the only main level bad ba- Right now, Seth is the only main event level bad guy on Raw. I agree, Dan Lemley. You are 100% correct. Good to see you as well, Dan. And uh, Man with the Beard says, you'll definitely need some golden ups and brown down and hopes when you get that going. Well, I'm learning about all of that. But yeah, once I get affiliated, whatever it's called on here, I will I will learn all the emotes and the bites. And yeah, we'll get a bunch of dumb, st- dumb stuff going and hopefully it... Uh, Hopefully it goes well. We shall see. We're, we're experimenting. I'm trapped in my house. I got to do. I got to do something. So we're doing this. Uh, what else happened? Oh, I wiped my notes. That was stupid. I wiped my notes to write a poem. <laughs> if that doesn't sum me up, I don't know what does. Let me see if I can get them here instead because I will have forgotten about something. Uh, bizarrely, and I don't know how much people will agree with this. Oh, stupid thing. I am very much enjoying the fallout between Lana and Bobby Lashley, and I don't really know why. I just thought when Lana was shouting at the top of her voice and then Bobby Lashley is all like, would you calm down? <laughs> I just thought it's like every relationship you've ever seen. And Bobby Lashley seems so fed up with this now. I mean, it's a ridiculous story. They only got married about 72 minutes ago and now they're getting divorced, but also certainly seeming. But I think you can have some real fun with this. I don't want WWE to treat this seriously. I want WWE to have all the fun with this. I want them to be as ridiculous as possible with it. And I want Bobby Lashley to be the typical person who is fed up with his wife. And I want Lana to be the typical wife who is fed up with her husband. And then it all just ends terribly and you send them on their merry ways. It's a little bit like we wasted our life. Yes, I agree with this because where did it go? Nowhere. And Rusev didn't even get revenge. Rusev had that match against him and Liv Morgan against those two. Then we haven't seen them ever since. And we have absolutely no idea why. Um... But who did he be here? No Way Jose, who I did feel sorry for. They flew No Way Jose all the way to Florida just so that he, <laughs> he would lose. But uh, yeah, I dug it. I liked all the MVP stuff too. It kind of sucks again that WWE didn't have the foresight just not to mention that he was going to retire twice. Um, just don't say that stuff. But the idea of a qualifying match between MVP and Apollo Crews for Money in the Bank is great. Have Apollo Crews win. I still think that counts as a big victory over someone like MVP. And I pair those two together. It's rare they let Apollo Crews talk. They seem more than happy to let MVP have a microphone. So why the hell not have MVP as Apollo Crews' manager? It can't hurt. It's not like they haven't done a job on Apollo Crews already. So whatever you've got to do to try and turn that around. And we're getting Alistair Black versus Austin Theory, which I also think will be good. And Rey Mysterio versus Don't Call Him Buddy, Dot Murphy. These are good matches. And again, if you who, who, who went through through already for Money in the Bank? I can't even remember, but... As far as I'm aware, if I can remember correctly, the amount of people that are even in qualifying matches who have won, even if we are doing it in front of a dead a dead crowd, it should be a good money in the bank. Or so I, I hope. I hope anyway, because we need it. Uh, we need it right now. Uh, Alistair Black versus Odie Lorcan was awesome. It rocked. It got far more time than I was anticipating. I thought he may just black mass his head off and that would be that. Obviously he lost and Alistair Black won. But I thought it was a really decent match. And it's a shame that WWE won't capitalize on this. I mean, I think only Lorcan was only there because he's an NXT guy. But yeah, I mean, just, just, just really good. Just really, really good, I thought. I just, 
I just like seeing these two go at it. It's like a word. Ups and downs goes live in around about 15 minutes over on What Culture Wrestling. And make sure you check them out there. But fresh was my word of the day. There's so many fresh matches. Like, when did you ever think you were going to see Alistair Black versus Only Lorcan um, on, on Raw? And I would argue that I probably never thought I'd see that. And especially not to give them 10. I think it was just shy of 10 minutes they got. It was... It was brilliant. Like it was, it, it was brilliant. I, 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 brilliant's a bit too strong. I just enjoyed it far more than I thought. Same with um, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander going against the Viking Raiders. Obviously, a big part of me was mad that Ricochet and Cedric Alexander lost because I look stupid now. I was all singing their praises a week ago, going, "Here they come, the brand new tag team," and then they just lose. But the match was so good, you can't. I, I love the bit when. Uh, I think we threw Ricochet onto Cedric Alexander and then Ivar just d- threw himself over the top rope. I thought that was really, really fun. And I know they botched the finish. I never talk about botches. I'll do it here because everyone will mention it. Of course it sucks. But I again, I've made mistakes in the ring. I didn't mean to do it. And I certainly wouldn't like some bald asshole then going, ha you botched up a move. I can't stand it when, when stuff like that happens. But no, I thought it was a great tag team match. I have no idea what the plan now is for Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. It was kind of a shame. I think I really think there's something there. And ideally, in a dream world, this would have been a massive feud, right? We could have built it up and had all these cool matches, and then the winner becomes the number one contender and takes on the Street Profits. But we're already moving into Street Profits versus Viking Raiders. It's a little bit too too soon for me. Although I like Bianca Belair's role. Bianca Belair just shouted at Montez Ford and Dawkins here, Angelo Dawkins, when they were all goofing around, like, stop goofing around, assholes, because you keep losing to the Viking Raiders. I thought that was good. I thought her showing... Having an authoritative, authoritative, can't say that word, <laughs> stance helped massively. Um, so that was cool. What was that? T- who the hell did Tazawa fight? Austin Theory. That was awesome as well. Tazawa is like the greatest jobber to ever be in WWE. I know that sounds disrespectful, but I mean it in the sense that he always, always loses. But he loses with style because he always smashes out something. You go, that guy is a good wrestler. Um, I talked about it on Ups and Downs, so I talk about it here. Jerry Lawler, right? I don't often mention this stuff because you can't win on the internet. You either ignore it and you're ignorant or you mention it and you're social justice warrior, woke culture, all these annoying words that I never mention because they make me want to stab my eyes out. But I don't believe at any point in the history of the world when a Japanese person does a senton and not a moonsault, you should call it, what was that going A ramen noodle moonsault is what Jerry Lawler said. Um... And it's just, it just, it just shouldn't, it just shouldn't, have, it just shouldn't have a place basically in, in modern. It should have a place in olden times, but you shouldn't be, you know, shrinking people right down to where they're from because that's just bad news brown as far as I'm concerned. I, it really did roll my eyes, and I was like, what, up, what are we doing? I just thought it was really embarrassing. If nothing else, I thought it's really, really, really stupid. I know some people go, oh, it's just a joke, it's just a joke, but. That's not funny. <laughs> Look, he can say whatever the hell he wants. I'm a big believer in free speech. You are allowed to say whatever the hell you want, but I'm allowed to also receive it in any of the hell that I want. And also you have to accept there's consequences for what you say. So while you are allowed to say whatever you want, there's also going to be there's also going to be consequences. It just I just it just stood like a sore thumb. And I couldn't believe that he'd actually said it. And also wrestling, like most forms, life in general, but especially when it comes to entertainment, should be inclusive. If you're a young Japanese kid, you shouldn't be like, wait a minute, has he just equated me with noodles? <laughs> like, it's unbelievable. It's like, I'm Jewish, right? It's Passover. If someone called me matzah boy, I'd be like, no, no, uh-uh. That's not, we ain't doing that today. And that's the thing as well. 
it's all well and good to go, oh, it's just on a big thing. But if you said this specifically to one, we're talking about this way too long now. But if you said this specifically to one person, that would change the context of it again. So let's not do that. Let's cut that out. No need. There's no need for even Jerry Lawler to be there. But I'm, we've talked about the start. I don't want to. I don't want to get into that again. Again. And of course, after everybody's matches, like Angel Garza had a match against. Uh, I think his name was Tet Hui Miles. But the cool thing about both these matches is that when Zelina Vega's people had won, the whole group descended and just kicked the crap out of the the other guy. That rocked to me. That's what groups should do. They, it's incredible. WWE is so good at this sometimes. In three-hour show, 180 minutes, they managed to establish that group as something cool. And I obviously, I knew they were a group beforehand just because. But everything they did here doubled down on that. And I, I loved it. I loved it. I, I'm a massive fan of them uh, almost instantly. We've talked about Nia Jax. The Charlotte promo was the same as the Becky Lynch promo for me. Uh, it was just there. They're filling time, right? They're filling time between... What are we going to do with Becky Lynch? And then Charlotte will have a match with the Shirai, But what do we do? What do we do after that? And that's fine. That's cool. Like we're living in crazy times. I don't think any, I think any plans they did have, they've probably switched out to accommodate whoever the hell they can get to get to the arena. But we'll see. Look, overall, I liked how much wrestling there was on the show. I really, really did. I don't know how that equates to TV ratings, but I don't have to care because I'm not a statistical guy within WWE. I'm fascinated by TV ratings, but... I want WWE to do well, but if it doesn't, it makes no difference to my life. So in terms of someone that enjoys watching wrestling and getting that much wrestling over three hours, yeah, it gets a big up from me. There was just some strange booking decision as the internet has reacted to, uh, and now we know. Um, Man with the Beard says, surely have to keep in mind that what he is saying is broadcast out to millions of people. Jim Cornette made the right decision to quit after the NWA stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why one is a big powder keg and the other one isn't. But we've touched upon that. That's just how I feel. I already know that people are going to go nuts over it, but I don't care. I don't care. I think it was a stupid thing to say. Um, and uh, other people are just talking between themselves, which is absolutely, absolutely fine. Apparently, Tetui Miles is a goof. Oh, he's good. <laughs> what a typo that is. Is goof is good. Yeah, he looked good. I just don't know who he was. Uh, I don't know every single wrestler, which sometimes the internet gets mad about, but... I don't know how I feel about putting these non-named, non-names a bit harsh, but these unknown NXT guys on Raw and just having them get beat. I don't know if that does much for the credence of NXT when you want people to tune in every Wednesday, but I also think I'm probably overthinking it. Like, do I think any less of NXT? No, because, you know, I don't, I don't associate these people with NXT because I haven't seen them on, I haven't seen them on NXT. But a decent episode of Raw. I don't mind Drew versus Seth. Um, I don't know what we do now with Andrade, given that he's a US champion. I think we kind of got to get him a feud quite quickly. And I kind of, I guess Kevin Owens probably comes back and goes after that. Again, bizarre, bizarre choices when the guy that loses gets goes after the big belt. If that does happen, the other guy goes after a mid-card title. But I don't know who else there is at the moment that can come back. Um, where Lord Cryptic 91 says, do you think Alistair Black should win the money in the bank contract? Yes, I do. And I talk about that today on Ups and Downs, live in 10 minutes on What Culture Wrestling. Uh, I I mean, it depends who's in the match. I'll need to see the field and sit down and try and figure it out. But Alistair Black, to me, is a guy that obviously at one point was considered for the Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania 36. So WWE's clearly high on him. So instead of killing off that momentum, yeah, double down on it. And let's double down on it by making him money in the bank. Because as we've seen, even now, that concept's, what, 15 years old? Maybe a bit longer, maybe a bit less. When you do it right and you have everything in place, you can make a guy. You can make that person's career. So I'm Alistair Black, to me, has, ever since he's come out of his room... <laughs> has done everything that was presented to him and done it superbly well. 
And we should capitalize on that. So yes, I hope so. That would be my choice, I think. Uh, I think. And uh, yeah, Ruffles McLeod said, what are your thoughts on WWE being classified as essential business in Florida? Uh, we chatted about that at the start. I, I, I find it incredible. And I mean that in the literal sense of the term. How the world can slow down, but wrestling can still go on. I don't know. But look, I wouldn't be able to do this show maybe if wrestling wouldn't go on. So I don't want to be too hypocritical. But I'll just double down and reiterate that health and safety always number one. Kill wrestling tomorrow if people can't be guaranteed health and safety. Kill it forever. I know I'm one of these people that thinks you should stop a match halfway through and clean up blood if it's going to help somebody because we're lucky that we can do that. I don't want anyone to be hurt or in pain. That doesn't sound like a good idea. Uh, Darren4785 says Andrade versus Owens or Joe. Uh, yeah, you can, it depends on when Samoa Joe is coming back. Look, I love Samoa Joe. He can come back and do whatever the hell he wants and I'll be massively biased and say it's probably the best thing I'm watching on Raw. Uh, Man with the beard, are you planning on doing any video game streams? Yes, we are going to do some video game streams. Uh, one, because why the hell not? Two, because I want to do them. And three, because then it will get our statistics up as well. and We can become an affiliate. So I don't really know how Twitch works, but give me a follow or a subscribe, whatever the hell we do on Twitch. And hopefully you get some kind of notification. And yeah, we'll do some games. We'll do this. And, and we'll just take it um, We'll take it from there. Uh, are you plan on doing ups and downs here and the Y series, says Mascath. No, they're What Culture Wrestling. Again, head on over to What Culture Wrestling at 2 p.m. GMT if you are watching me live. And you'll see me there. You'll see my bald head doing ups and downs. This is just my own personal stuff where I rant and rave like a moron. And the first money in the back was 2005, so 15 years. Look at that. I got it right. Uh, and Shinzi says, Simon, you should get partnered pretty quick. Well, I hope so. I don't really, I can't remember what the numbers are. They seem quite high when I looked at them. But all we can do is our best and take it from there. Uh, the Real Booger, one, two, three. Do you think Bray will beat Braun at Money in the Bank? It's a good question. I, I mean, personally, I don't think Bray White needed to go back in the title picture. I think maybe we'd learned a lesson when we put him in it before. But the surprising thing about this is I like their interaction on SmackDown a lot. I thought it was pretty good. And I really wasn't, let me rephrase that. There was something about Braun Strowman being universal champion that I really got a kick out of. No word of a lie. I guess his size helps, his stature helped. I thought he held himself well. I thought his back and forth with Bray was decent. And given that it was such an uneventful coronation, and that's not his fault, that's just the situation he was put in, I was a bit like, I'm kind of intrigued to see what we do as Braun Strowman with that blue belt. So I'm not against his program at all. Also, it makes all the sense in the world because Bray Wyatt is going after people in his past. So outside of maybe The Undertaker and Randy Orton, Braun Strowman would be high on that list. I don't know what we do with The Fiend. If he gets the championship back, I don't know whether that's a good idea. But I'm far more interested about that match than I thought I would have been. And that was down to the presentation of that angle. So round of applause, uh, round of applause all round. Uh, Xavier Wavy says, what do you think about Jeff Hardy? Apparently about to get a big push. Uh, he's always got a big push. I know that's the, the Vince McMahon thing. Apparently, he said that because he's shown, you know, willingness to get better with his stints in rehab and the fact he doesn't want him to go to AEW. But yeah, he's in line for a big push. I mean, I was never a Jeff Hardy guy. I hate it when I say that because people think it means I didn't like Jeff Hardy. I'm not saying that. But for one reason or another, I just gravitated more towards Matt Hardy. I don't know why. I just did. It's like Chris Jericho. I always knew Chris Jericho was great, but he was never one of my guys when I was growing up. There's no reason for it. That's just how my gut felt. Uh, but I could always see how talented Jeff Hardy was and why he was in line for the, um, you know, pushes that he was going to get because he just had this connection with the fans. And that's what wrestling is all about. Uh, Master Crouton says, Simon, do you think there are any truth to the rumors that Kyrie and EO are headed back to Japan soon? Well, it depends what their contract is up. I mean, no, not at the moment, given the situation. But 
from Kyrie Sane's Twitter activity, which may mean absolutely nothing, it seems like she'd like to be booked a bit better in WWE. So I suppose if that is the case, potentially yes. Uh, Darren Fawn 785 says, where are the Iconics? I miss them. I don't know, especially as they live in Florida and they're still not being used on the shows. I'd love to give you an answer to that, but I don't have one. I really don't, but it's odd. It's very, 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 very odd. Uh, Andrew M1404 says, once wrestling starts again, do you plan on doing more shows in Scotland? Man, I will do shows everywhere. It's kind of crazy now because who even knows when wrestling shows are going to start back up again? All my bookings obviously have been wiped off, as a lot of people's have. Are we able to do shows? Like, can we even do shows this year? Because once you sort of, you know, loosen social isolating, self-isolating measures and social distancing, you can't really then just throw 150 people into a room and say, yeah, go watch two, two people sweat all over each other. I'm probably being a little bit of a worrier. But yeah, small part of me thinks maybe it won't be until next year until we get wrestling shows again, which essentially mean a lot of independent wrestlers won't have wrestled for a year. I wasn't that good to begin with. I needed that year. We should also talk about The Revival, who obviously got released seconds after I did my last podcast on Friday. And again, if you don't know, please check out the audio feed. Just search the Simon's Pro Wrestling Show in your podcast app of choice and you will find it. And exclusive episodes go up there. And yeah, we had a big chat about everything going on in the world of wrestling. We finished and The Revival got released. And I was like, damn it. Um... There's no 90-day compete clause. Some people seem to think it was mean that they'd been released during the, the global pandemic. Uh, I didn't see it that way. Those guys had wanted to come, be out of there for so long. I think they'll just be so relieved that they are out. Um, it kind of sucks that they, they could probably could debut for AEW sooner rather than later, but obviously AEW's taped a load of content. But outside of that, I don't think you want another debut when you don't have the crowd. So I think they should wait till that but I'm sure they'll they'll figure it out in the meantime. They can go and do other things, I should hope. But now all the best to those guys. They clearly know exactly what they want. And as I always say about all wrestlers, who are we to judge or criticize? If this is what they want to do with their lives and careers, after turning down a hell of a lot of money, more power to them. Genuinely, more power to them. It must be a hard thing to do. Because deep down when you've got a family, you must be thinking to yourself, oh, is this the right thing to do? Is it the wrong thing to do? Who knows? Who knows? So... But yeah, as long as they go on and have great successful careers and they've got smiles on their faces, absolutely, absolutely fine with me. Uh, Real V-Star Gaming says, I'm glad WWE is acknowledging history on feuds lately, especially with Cena versus Wyatt and now Wyatt versus Strowman. Now, if only wrestlers can be unscripted and more like Austin Foley and Rock and also hello from Australia, big fan of ups and downs. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, and don't forget, we had history with Andrade and Drew McIntyre as well. You know, it obviously wasn't done as over the top as those ones were, or as focused as those ones were. But no, I agree. I think it should be always be like a good sitcom, a good comedy show, where you reward people who came in day one, and hopefully encourage people to go back. You can't really do that with WWE, but you can learn and research and try and teach yourself, and get us going from being a casual fan to a more hardcore fan. Uh, how much hate will Roman and WWE get on Twitter if Roman beats The Fiend, the real booger one, two, three? Well, they get no hate from me, as long as it's done in the right way. I mean, the only problem is if The Fiend shouldn't have lost until he lost to Roman. I think it would have been more acceptable. Um, we'll find out, I suppose. I do think it will going to happen. Not till next year, but if the next two years, if Roman Reigns hasn't beat The Fiend, I will be... Uh, I will be surprised. And Dam Eano Ion says, will you eventually wrestle Sammy Callahan once you're allowed to again? 100% yes. We will figure it out once we know the lay of the land. But the what culture death match with me versus Sammy Callahan will definitely happen. Even if I have to quite literally die trying, which would probably be in that ring. Uh, keep an eye on my Twitter. Keep an eye on what culture. Keep an eye on Sammy's stuff. 
And yeah, when the information is there, you will know as soon as I know. And on that note, we will draw it to a line. Thank you so much for joining me on Twitch. Again, if you can do whatever the hell you meant to do on Twitch, follow notifications. Uh, we'll do another one on Thursday. And I'll be putting some clips of this live on my YouTube channel too to try and get around this ridiculous problem that we're going uh, that we're going through. But it is 2 p.m. GMT, so you can also go to What Culture Wrestling on YouTube right now for live ups and downs, and I will be in the chat to talk to you all. But yeah, Simon316 on Instagram and Twitter, patreon.com forward slash Simon316 if you want to support me that way, but it's all good either way. And yeah, search for my YouTube channel, Simon Miller, in the old YouTube search and give me a subscribe on that too. Watch some videos, give them some likes, you know how it works. And again, Thursday, 1 p.m. GMT, we'll definitely be back here with a wrestling show. And at some crazy out of nowhere time, we'll also stream something like Doom or something like that. But hopefully you get notifications and uh, we can go from there. Again, I'm not very well versed with Twitch, but I'll learn. I'll learn as we go. But look, I appreciate the support. I appreciate you being with me here on this crazy journey. And I will talk to you all soon.